And Bruges. There's a 2008 black comedy drama crime thriller film directed and written by Martin McDonough in his feature length debut. The film stars a midget, some tart, and Colin Feck and Feck Farrell and Brendan Gleeson as two London based Irish hitmen in hiding. Uh, it's got Ralph Fiennes as their enraged boss, and the film is set and filmed in Bruges, Belgium. Uh, it was the opening night film of the 2008 Sundance Film Festival and opened in limited release in the United States, 8th of February 2008. Uh, for, for his performance in the film, Farrell won the Golden Globe Award for Best Actor, and Gleason was nominated in the same category. But Donald won the BAFTA Award for Best Original Screenplay and was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay. In Bruges received generally positive reviews from critics and Rotten Tomatoes gave the score 84%. One of the reviews said uh, it features witty dialogue and deft performances and effective mix of dark comedy and crime thriller elements. Ah, did you get your Catholic guilt on when you were watching this, Brad? Mm, I'm always racked with Catholic guilt, no matter yeah. where I go. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, Colin Farrell's eyebrows deserved some kind of award in this one. He's a beautiful man, isn't he, Brad? He's a beautiful man. Well, he's, he's a looker. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm secure enough in my, in my manhood my masculinity to say that he's a good-looking gentleman, lots of hair gel, holds himself together well. Um, Did yeah, you see him in just... Batman? Batman. Which yeah. Batman? There's so many. The new Batman, He's he, he was playing uh, the Penguin, and they put him in a fat suit and all this makeup, and you can't even recognize him. Uh, well, I haven't seen the new Batman, so no. No. Uh, yeah, I've I've had superhero burnout actually. You know the Avengers and all the Marvel stuff, and then the DC stuff. It's just a burnout. Like Disney's burning out Star Wars now, which is a hard thing to say, but it's happening. But segue didn't Colin Farrell do? He was part of one of my. One of my, I was going to say one of my favorite, but then I thought people are going to think I'm not being sarcastic. Superhero films. Um, he played Bullseye in Daredevil, didn't he? The the Ben Affleck Oscar baiting masterpiece. What you like that one? No, I'm just saying Colin Farrell was in it. <laughs> That's all. You know, like he's he in, out on superhero other... films, and he happened to be on one about a million years ago. That's correct. Yeah. So I went down one path and then I thought I'd try and circle back somehow and it was not a smooth uh, mm. undertaking. You know what it's like. Yeah. I don't think he hit the bullseye in that movie. Yeah. It was well, not no. well looked upon. Yeah, but I think uh, he'd trimmed his eyebrows at that point though. It was further into his career. Yeah, I think that was before. That was, um, I think he, he went to Hollywood and he started in a bunch of uh, Hollywood films. And 
I don't know. He took it easy and went back say, into smaller films, and this is one of them. Yeah. In Bruges, the first. Needless to say, he was an absolute delight to watch in this one. Very oh, uh, fucking thick. Yeah, fucking fucker. In, yeah, fuckity fuck, fucker fuck. Endearing dialogues about midgets and dwarves and cunts and what the fucking just, fuck are you talking about, you fuck? You fucking fucking crazy, you fucking crazy cunt fuck. Yeah, that's you're bang on. So you, I fuckity fuck. Yeah, the I'm Irish just came away, don't they? The swearing was just invented for the Irish. I think they do it better than everyone. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's to to get the word cunt so percussive and yet so natural in the dialogue. It's yeah. It's oh yeah, cunty little fucking midget cunt. <laughs> Oh, that's going to be taken out of context. Someone's going to, like, edit that out. Look at what this podcast is saying. That film wasn't politically correct. Um, no, but did you find it refreshing? Yeah, it's very funny. Um, yeah. It's a great little story. Um, so many little setups and payoffs. Everything weaves in together. That's um, a great little film, isn't it? Hmm. I think... I think, yeah, what, a few pacing issues could have been shorter. You know, what was it, an hour 50, something like that? I reckon it would have been a solid hour and a half. I found there was too many lingering shots of Bruges, but I guess that's, they've got to get that across because that's kind of one of the no, I think devices. it is. A, I think it is about an hour and a half. Oh, I found a little nah. ripper. Oh, look, enjoyable. Enjoyed the ride. I just found myself thinking, oh, I reckon I could skip ahead a few minutes here and not miss anything. But then every time you thought I could skip forward was one of the, you know, the hit points of the story. Like, oh, look, that's rough finds. Oh, he's the bad guy. Oh, so-and-so, spoiler alert. Oh, he tried to kill himself. Oh, I mean, he was going to shoot him. Oh, look what's going on here. So you did have to, you know, sort of pay attention. Well, I think there's a lot going on in the background that, you know, the larger story, the telling of the story mm. there, not well, just the The plot, large story is, is, but, is the morals of shooting children, right? If you kill a kid, you should kill yourself. That was kind of the overarching theme. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a story of redemption and... Um, when they went to the uh, the art gallery, they start. They were, they were standing in front of a triptych. You know what a triptych is, don't you, Brad? Mm-hmm. It's a painting with it's three a... panels, mm-hmm. and one of them was bun, done by what's his name, Harmonian Bosch. Uh, what's it called? Mm-hmm. The Last Kingdom or something like that. So three panels. One represents heaven. One represents purgatory, and one represents hell. And so mm. Bruges is sometimes purgatory, sometimes hell, and sometimes heaven in the story. Mm-hmm. And it's about a guy who's feeling a lot of guilt for killing a child, but he ultimately redeems himself at the end of the movie and uh, is saved and goes to heaven. Well, well just, just for clarification for my simple mind, how and why is... Uh, eyebrows McGinty uh, redeemed. 
Um, is he still, he's still a bad cunt, right? He's still doing bad things. He killed the child accidentally. He feels a great deal of mm. guilt. He wants to kill himself. Harry, mm. uh, played by Ralph Fiennes, mm-hmm. says anyone who kills a child should have just shot them. He said, if I killed a child, I would have just shot myself in the head. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Done it. Apparently there's a deleted scene, not in the film, where a young Harry um, finds a woman who's been murdered by a policeman. So he walks into the police office and beheads up the policeman that did it. Mm. And apparently it's all about how he's a very moral criminal. He's got a moral uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. code that he's, he upheld. Mm-hmm. So when he shoots the dwarf at the end dressed in a schoolboy's uniform, he thinks he's killed a child and he puts the gun yeah, to his yeah. chin and Colin Farrell says, don't wait. And he tries to tell him it's not a kid, it's a midget. I think he does tell him it's a midget, not a dwarf, but he shoots uh, himself anyway. No, he, he just goes, nah. And then he goes, uh, something about you got to stand by your principles and he shoots himself in the head. But isn't Farrell's eyebrows partly to blame for the midget dying as well? Why did he go to the film set? When he's shot at the end, he's just on the yeah. run. Yeah. He just, he just accidentally just conven- up, Just, just up conveniently, there. yeah, ends up there. And I oh, guess no, that's, he's on the that's run. the he's been joy chased of by a guy with a gun. Yeah, that's the joy of writing a script, though. You can go, oh, yeah. You know, that rule you, you keep that- telling me, don't, don't show something unless you're going to use it. And, of course, oh, look, there's a midget dressed in a school uniform. Oh, that doesn't mean anything. That's funny. Look at that little man in a school uniform. And then they use it as the yeah. dead kid thing at the end. Um, you'll notice that at the end there, all the characters in the film are dressed in costumes that are representative of hell from that uh, painting by Bosch. Oh, the people standing around. Yeah, there was like some yeah. animals and shit, eh? They're yeah. wearing, yeah, they're wearing the costumes from that painting. Mmm. Mmm. Mm. And you'll notice yeah. that all through it. Um, parts of purgatory, parts of heaven, parts of hell. And then ultimately he redeems himself because he did try and save Harry. And then he gets, he's forgiven and gets to, to escape off with the girl. He Happy didn't ending. try and save Harry. Yeah, he did. Wait, stop, no, he didn't. Stop. Yeah, he did. What? No, he left on the um. So the young eyebrows left on the train, and so um, the guy from Paddington Two felt he'd done the right thing, and then uh, he goes up the bell tower with Harry, and uh, they have their little back and forth, which I thought was nice, tense, and then there's relief and then you know they run into the blind guy oh the dude that got shot in the eye and it kills him and then paddington 2 goes up to the top of the tower and jumps off in order to save eyebrows eyebrows doesn't try and is paddington 2 harry <laughs> i haven't seen paddington 2 oh my goodness you're you call yourself a film lover it's one of the greatest films of all time, whether it's a kid's film or not. You know what's strange is I watched the other night um, the, what is it, the that Nicolas Cage film, The Burden of um, Huge Talent, whatever it is. Is it the one where he whispers some lines and yells other lines? 
Yeah, that's Nicolas Cage. Um, <laughs> yeah, in that film, they watch Paddington too. Paddington ah. 2 is a big part of the film. So um, okay. I'm aware that Paddington 2 is the greatest film ever made. I would highly seen. recommend it to you and all our listeners. It's it's just delightful. Yeah, highly rated. Don't even need to watch the first one. In fact, don't watch the first one. Just watch Paddington 2. How amazing. Mm, I've forgotten what we were talking about and where my point was going, but I don't think Farrell's character... Wrong. Farrell's eyebrows McGinty Cunty did not deserve to be redeemed. I don't think it's his redemption arc. In fact, he's wishing to die at the end of the film. So I think he's he still walks off kill with himself. the girl happily ever after at the end of the film. No, he doesn't. He's in the ambulance. That's it. The girl's like screaming at him after he's been shot and he gets in the ambulance and he's like, oh, I fucking, I don't want to fucking be in Bruges. I'd rather fucking die. I'll go, to, you know, I'll go and see the boy's mum. And whatever punishment she says is the right one I'll take. If it's jail or death, just don't let it be a fucking embelouge, you know? That's What version of it did you watch? He didn't walk off with no chick. No, I think he, get, yeah, he gets carried away, but I think he's dreaming about going off the girl and stuff, doesn't he? There's a little... Nah. <laughs> anyway... He's the one who survived. He's the one who's. Redeemed. He is the one that survives. I don't know if he deserved to survive, but he did because he's still a hitman. He's still a bad he person. He accidentally killed that kid. Well, he shot the fucking priest, didn't he? That wasn't accidental. Apparently, there's another deleted scene where, um, uh-huh. um, I don't know, uh, Gleason and Farrell were debating Gleason. why they had to shoot the. Um, the priest mm. and they were debating yeah. he that he was either a pedophile and the other reason was that he was blocking a land development that harry wanted to do right um so oh, i'm happy to go with pedophile on that one and yeah well, i mean you wouldn't be far wrong probably, I guess. yeah yeah better off yeah he yeah he, he's just a lot of dark secrets i'm sure mm. No one's better off dead. That's a horrible thing to say. But yes, the suffering has ended now. Yeah, that, there we go. That that's very well put. Uh but yeah, just good banter between the characters. It was essentially a two horse show with Paddington and eyebrows, and uh, yeah, enjoyable. Good romp. Mm. Yeah, I liked how everything met up. Um, Shut up, computer. Um, you know, when he couldn't get into the tower because he, he pulled out change, but he was 10 cents short and the guy wouldn't mm-hmm. let him in. And later when he falls up and when he jumps off the top of the tower, he uses those coins. All those coins to clear the ground. Yeah. Clear those to get people out of the way before he jumped. Yeah, I thought it was like, it was to be expected, I guess, but it felt like... Most of the film was an indie art house, you know, like a European film, slight hints hints of gangster in it. But the moments of violence in it were real visceral, like almost, you know, horror movie level uh, makeup effects. Like even when that, when it showed the kid had been shot in the head, I was like, fuck full on you know like how they'd done it they didn't hold back and then uh even the when gleason hits the ground 
like a you know watermelon hitting the concrete and then they show him he's just like messed up and again full horror movie gore almost just quickly pan past and they uh the dwarf or the i don't know what term we're supposed to use these days the little person with his whole head missing well, I you think know? you know was, that we're meant to call them little people, Brad. I think you called them a midget just to be offensive and horrible. Well, you said midget first, so I was just following um, the well, traffic. I'm an offensive person. I, I, I personally despise midgets. I, I think they're um, a curse upon the earth and uh, um, should be eradicated at birth. They should be drowned in buckets. But that's just me, Brad. I have I was frightened by a midget as a, as a young child. Wow. Yeah. So okay, strong words. Does the devil's left hand, Brad? Mm. Is the left hand the good hand or the bad hand for the it's devil? The bad hand. It's the bad hand, Brad. Ah, okay. You need your special scissors. So I was happy when the midget got shot. Hmm. Accidentally. Accidentally or on purpose, it doesn't really matter to me. It's just, it's just getting the job done. Well, whoever wrote the film knew that this the little person was going to be shot. I think they prefer to be called leprechauns, Brad. Mm. Yeah, where's my pots of gold? Yeah, so the leprechaun. Yeah. Mm. I'm the leprechaun. Mm. Yeah, well, in Bruges. I enjoyed it. It was just, it was good old-fashioned, you know, mildly, um, oh, what's the word they use now? Uh, problematic. Is that the word they use now? Yeah. Um, For things that used to be okay but now aren't okay to have and uh, to do and say. Yeah, I think problematic is um, the new word for normal. Ah, yeah, <laughs> normal sense of humor. Um, I got here the word fuck and its derivatives are said 126 times in a 107 minute film. So it's not two hours. No, it's not a, no, I'm sure it's an average net- of 1.18 fucks per minute. When I sat down to watch it's it, it's better I took than note. my record. <laughs> goodness it's a little it's a little joke brad i missed it i said it's you know you know eight fucks per minute that's better than my record <laughs> Woo! you know you've got a good podcast when even the guy you're podcasting with is missing your jokes <laughs> i'll tell it again the film okay, has third, an third average the of 1.18 fucks per minute. That's better than my record. <laughs> uh, it's um, funnier the third time. 1.18 fucks per minute. So you'd get one fuck, and then you'd get like, so you'd be you'd be in and done within the 60 second limit, and then you'd get like the tip in. Yeah, but uh, it's yeah. yeah, but 126 times. That's pretty good. Yeah. So wait, what? See the, the one I watched was 100 
So one hour, not 100, <laughs> one hour and 42 minutes. So that's like 60, 100 and, fuck, I'm good at math. Hour 47, yeah, Brad. Than, I've got an hour 42. So that's all right. That's 107 one. minutes. Where do you get the yeah, that, that, That's correct. Yeah, your, your maths is your Are you taking minutes off because there's a minute, midget in there? Yes, I, I watched the shorter version <laughs> of In Bruges. <laughs> you watched the short version? <laughs> <laughs> it's just the little guy running around and then he gets shot at the end. Oh, you wee fucker. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. We fucker. Yep. Yeah. The best, I think the best line, no offense, or even if, no, it doesn't matter whether it was a little person or not. It's the great leveler. The scene where he's sitting at the edge of the park, old uh, Farrell, eyebrows, and uh, the midget guy's walking across the square. He's just, you know, minding his own business, walking across the square. And Farrell raises his arm real high and waves to say hello. And the midget sort of turns his head and notices the wave and then ignores him and keeps on walking. And Farrell just takes a beat and then says, Oh, you fucking cunt. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, I just thought that's perfect. You know, it could have been anybody could have ignored him. He's just like, hey, you little cunt, or whatever he says. Perfect. That's how everybody feels when you wave at someone and they just ignore you and carry on about their day. Fucking cunts. It's going to be a war between the whites and the blacks. <laughs> I thought that was. He goes, oh, where are the Asians? Yep. The black. <laughs> yep. Again, problematic. <laughs> what if you're half white and half black? Are oh, you black? <laughs> yes. I'm white and my wife was black. You're black. <laughs> Uh, it's just the cocaine talking, Brad. It's just the cocaine talking. That's right. Or the the director the, of this also did Seven Psychopaths. Have you seen that one? Starring Carolyn Farrell as well. It's nice to be right. Oh, what's happening? Oh, Siri's talking to me about something. Hang on. Let me turn that bitch off. There we go. Um, Seven Psychopaths. Isn't that the uh, John Cusack? No, it's Colin Farrell, him? it's got Christopher Walken, it's got Sam Rockwell. Mm, I have to look it up. As well. I know That's it. a good one as well. Future episode of the Colin Farrell Show, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. Yeah, anyway. I, uh, I'd, watched, I'd watched this film, remembered it being uh, enjoyable. I thought, oh, wow, I rated that film, it was great. And then... On the rewatch, yeah, I did find it less enjoyable second time around, for sure. And maybe it's because it wasn't, you know, I knew there was going to be lots of cunts and fox and there was funny banter. Well, yeah, it just wasn't as, wasn't as enjoyable second time around. Still enjoyable, don't get me wrong, but not as enjoyable. But I guess what is any film when you watch it twice, right? Wow. If you were to double feature this, what would you do? Mine's seven psychopaths. That was what I was leading to. What are you going to double feature? It oh, with? I see what you were doing. You were segueing. No, I'd probably think 
another low-key gangster film, you know, like this, I think would pair well with Reservoir Dogs. Purely because it's, you know, sort of gangsters, hitmen, guys in suits. But you could almost say with Reservoir Dogs, that's kind of one location, right? It's generally the warehouse with a couple of other flashbacks. But yeah. this as well, you could do this as a stage play, you know, because in Bruges, they're just in the city, right? So it could just be a street. A playwright who's... yeah. I was going to tie it in somehow, this conversation, somehow um, bring in Guy Ritchie and say it's a British gangster film and Lock, Stock and Two um, Smoking Barrels was kind of a trend at the time. Mm. It's, it's this is kind of a, a non... Vein. Yeah, but less fun. It's like a Guy Ritchie film that's no fun. Kind of like the Guy Ritchie film Swept Away with Madonna. I haven't seen it. It's mm. got Madonna in it. Yeah, yeah. But that was... you've made... Wise life choices. That was a splash for him, wasn't it? That was a failure. That was a yeah. That was the end of him, really. He hasn't come back bit, from it. Yeah, been a bit shit since then, really. To be honest. Oh, he's been doing a lot of mainstream films. Like, uh, didn't he do a Robin Hood? And oh no, it was yeah. a King Arthur. Yeah, that was terrible. God. Yeah. Um. So we double featured it. Uh. So on IMDb, this film has a seven point nine. Someone gave mm. it nine, a breath of fresh air. Someone gave it a 10. Absolutely brilliant movie in every way. Exclamation mark. Someone gave it a one, aims high and misses by a mile. And someone gave it a two. Mm. Cheap trick to sell stale dialogue. Mm. Yeah, I felt some of it, like the, some of the dialogue was good. But I think that might have just been the chemistry between those the two actors. But like it, it didn't have, I don't know, it lacked a bit of snap, a little bit of pep, you know. Like peak Tarantino does banter very well. I think it, I think it took a while to warm up, mm. and then then it gets going, kind of thing. Yeah, then it's quite good. When all the um, little people slur, slurs and uh, stuff come in. The band is not quite as good in the beginning. Mm. Mm. So, your verdict. What What are you going to give this out of 10, Brad? Oh, okay. Well, on, when I first watched it, I would have gone like, what, 8.5, 9 out of 10, really enjoyed it. But 41-year-old... Uh, Film and music reviewer, Brad. I'd give it a solid. I'd, uh, hmm, yeah, I think it's still worth a watch. So I'd, I would throw seven and a half little people at a Velcro dartboard out of ten. If I had ten little people lined up, I would only throw seven and a half of them <laughs> at the Velcro dartboard. So eight, but one with the head blown off. Yes, yes. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and what about you? Oh. Um, I'm going to throw eight fat men off the tower. Oh, this one. yeah. Eight human watermelons. Splash. Yeah, that's a pretty gruesome scene when he's 
It's it the is. ground and legs broken and stomach and, and blood have been everywhere. And- probably one of the most authentic feeling. Now, I've never seen anybody die that close. Knock on wood. But uh, it seems like that's how it would go. You know, it's right on his face and he's just hit the ground from the top of a tower and his insides would be everywhere and all they close up on his face as he dies. And I thought, From what I understand, when you have a large fall, the body compresses and then just explodes. Mm, Watermelon. Yeah. Mm. It's just a sack of fluids. Is that? I'm not really sure how high that tower was, but I guess it's enough to get you to terminal velocity and hitting those Mm. stones, I imagine. Do you think for the. I mean, would have lived, really, but I don't know. let's, Let's go to the science corner. Of pointless and confused. Do you believe if you were standing on top of the Empire State Building and you dropped a penny, that it would kill somebody if it hit the head? I think I know that's a rumor already. That's that's a mm. myth. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, you'd get a fucking big this, bruise on your head, though, wouldn't you? No, things reach a terminal velocity, so they don't go any faster after a point. So it doesn't oh, matter. Yeah, how yeah, high yeah. You drop uh, I mean, I'm a fucking adult. You don't have to talk to me like I'm a moron. I understand terminal velocity, but I think even the terminal velocity of a penny, it's got to hurt. <laughs> you know, like if if you're standing a meter away from me and I brand a coin at you, it's going to fucking hurt, right? But if you drop it, that ca- that wouldn't be yeah, terminal but- velocity. My my throw would be nowhere near the full speed of said coin. No, no, right? you'd probably throw it faster than it would fall naturally. You reckon? Getting forced to All it. All right. Yeah. Well, please, our scientific listeners, write, give us a five-star review and tell us would a coin hurt at terminal it's, velocity. It would have to be the mass of the object. Like, it'd have to be the heavier the object is, that would obviously kill you, you know, if it's heavy. It's yeah, no shit. Light. You drop drop a bowling ball off there, it's going to fuck you up. But if you drop a feather, it's not going to do anything. Yeah. But, but a coin, I think it's a piece of oh, metal. Right? I mean, a feather a feather's not going to hit maximum velocity, though, is it? Terminal velocity. Well, because it's, it's going to float. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to get blown sideways and stuff. Do you think if you drop a brick and a tennis ball, they'd reach the ground at the same time? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's the same velocity. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Well, that's in bruise, everybody. Uh, check it out if you like sweary Irishmen yeah. and dead midgets. Maybe if someone dropped a bowling ball off the Empire State Building and a coin, and they could write mm. into us and tell us what happened. Civil disobedience. I think maybe we shouldn't recommend that. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer: Do not listen to anything that we say. Yeah, yeah. All right, and Bruge, get it up, yeah. That's a good film. You're gonna do a lot worse yeah, in this cunt. world. Get it up, yeah, you cunt. Yeah, yeah, you midget fuck. You fucking fuck. <laughs>